Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast and to Thanksgiving week. If you are in the United States, you're preparing to celebrate with friends and family all of the many things we have to be grateful for. And I hope that that's a way that you live your life, although it is helpful to have these times of focus where we can really concentrate on all that we have to be thankful for. And I hope that by the end of today's episode, you will be able to say that you are thankful for what you heard today. If you have felt like you are stuck or like there is something that's holding you back, our guest today may have the tool to help you get beyond that. He was a freelance musician who got tired of eking out a living, and he made three key changes that helped to double his income to $100,000 a year, working only 20 hours a week. This was a transformational move for him, and now he's passionate about sharing the nuts and bolts of how he made this transition because he believes that it is the ticket to freeing up so many people in the business world. His clients have been able to double their income in the first year by using a Nobel-nominated process that teaches them how to think at a higher level. He believes that a breakthrough in your business will first happen as a breakthrough in your thinking. Here is Jared Hanning. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Hey, friend. Happy to be here. So I want to start off today with a few questions to help us to get to know you better and to get a little bit of leadership inspiration right off the bat. So you ready for this? Let's do it. What is some lesson saying or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? The less you work, the more you make. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? Proactive engaging, and planning. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Who's the best person for this task? What book would you recommend to leaders? Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? To write this quote on their computer. If I'm doing the work, my business is falling behind. We'll explore that more here in a little bit. And finally, our arbitrary but insightful question. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? I'm going to say why not. My hunch is the default position is usually some kind of fear or anxiety or limiting belief. So while they both have their merits, um, I think in the long run, the why not question will get us farther down the road. Well, Jared, you are a performance coach. What exactly does that mean? I think people know, obviously people know about coaches in sports and you may or may not be familiar with the idea of a business coach or a life coach or a relationship coach. What is a performance coach? 
Performance coach. A lot of times people, they think of like life coach. Um, and if you have ever worked with a life coach, um, and they certainly have their place in society and, and in many cases they do wonderful work. Um, one of the things you might've noticed is that in working with a life coach, they tend to say in response to you, uh, I don't know, what do you think you should do? Um, and that is kind of the default response. They could pretty much coach anybody through whatever situation just by repeatedly asking, I don't know, what do you think you should do? Um, my take on it is that what you think you should do is what has you in that situation to start with. Uh, when you go see a strength coach um, or maybe a, a, a racing coach, um, an, an athletic coach, they don't say, I don't know, what exercise do you think you should do today? I don't know. What equipment do you think we should use today? They don't say that. They say, do three of these, do two of those, come back and see me tomorrow. It's a very clear plan. This is where you're at. This is where you want to go. Do three of these, two of those, come back and see me tomorrow. So my work as a performance coach is that. And how do you come down to those specific things that people need to do? What are the tools that you use to get people to that place and to give you the insight as to what exactly each individual in their unique situations needs to do? Gah, I'm glad you brought that up. Unique situations. Yes, just because it worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Just because it worked in this client's situation doesn't mean it's going to work in your situation. Glad you brought that up. So everything that we do starts with the Nobel nominated mind scan. Hmm. We get a clear picture of where you're at and that picture becomes your breakthrough map. You know, when you go see the doctor, the doctor um, doesn't say, um, here, try these. Let me know what happens. The doctor says, you know, I'm not sure. Let's roll you down the hallway, get an MRI. And then with that information, we'll know where to start. So that's what we do. Um, when somebody comes in, they're like, man, I'm just, I'm working harder and faster. I'm doing everything I know to do. But despite that every year, I keep making the same amount of money. Um, I keep having the same lack, not enough money, not enough time, not enough resources, whatever it is, we start with printing up a graph of how their brain solves problems. We start with their thinking patterns. Because of that, we're able to see where their blind spots are that have been tripping them up, why they keep hitting those obstacles, even though they're smart people, they're skilled people, they're doing everything they know to do. That graph helps us to see why in their situation, those obstacles keep showing up. And at the same time, it shows us where their next breakthrough is. It shows us what key insights we need to be leveraging, but it all starts with what are their thinking patterns. So how is it that we see thinking patterns? Because it seems like the brain is an area where we're still learning a lot about it. What do you see from this mind scan that helps you understand the way that you think and I assume what you need to change? Uh, yes, you're right. The brain is a blob of jello. And um, the more we learn, the more we realize we have no idea what we're talking about. Hmm. Thank you. You're absolutely right. Uh, what happens in this process is we're looking at the way that individual's brain solves problems. We're looking at what they value as resources when solving problems. Um, some people value taking action. Uh, when there is more on their to-do list and they're stressed, they value taking action. Well, um, just work harder and faster and you'll get more stuff done. 
uh, when there other people value uh, relationships to solve problems. When there's more on their to-do list and they're stressed, they start reaching out. Well, I just need to connect with more people. I need to partner with more people. I need to consult with more people. I need other people's brains because my brain created this. So I need other people's brains to help get me out of that. Some people uh, value planning um, to solve problems. When there's more on their to-do list and they're stressed, they're like, well, good Lord, we know already there's not enough time for me to do all this. And because of that, working harder and faster would be kind of dumb. I need to spend more time planning. I need to plan farther ahead. I need to plan for more contingencies. I need to make sure this fits on paper before I start. There's no perfect way to solve problems. And there's thousands of different ways to solve problems. So there's just a couple quick ones right there. But by looking at how that individual's brain prioritizes and values and looks for solutions, we're able to see why they keep hitting those obstacles, don't have enough time, don't have enough money, and where their next breakthrough is. So you just talked about the different types of people and you named a few examples. Is it easy to break people down into different, like four, five, six different types of people or is it broader than that? Uh, no, it's a fingerprint. Um, and that's, uh, that, that sort of gets into uh, what people tend to think of when they think of like assessments. They think of like personality profiles, DISC, Myers-Briggs, um, Enneagram, Strength Finder, whatever it is. Um, so while we're on this topic, uh, a few things. Uh, yes, it, it's cool that, that you know, those, those assessments, they give you information and you're excited and you get to talk about that information with your friends and you get to join Facebook groups specifically for that profile. I'm a rabbit. I'm a tree. I'm a whatever it is, right? And we have these labels. I'm a this. I'm a that. The problem is now that you have that label, you've like permanently locked your brain into that limited way. Which of some people absolutely hate. Other people seem to really love it. But I'm, I'm more on the not a fan of being pigeonholed side of things, right? Absolutely, man. Oh, you don't understand. I am a this. I can't do that because I'm a this. Now, the other thing is that information, while it's exciting and it's, it's affirming, it's, it's, it's wonderful to hear that 25% of the population is just like you. It doesn't tell us what you need to do different tomorrow to, to double your income and to cut your hours in half. Um, and because of that population comparison, imagine if you went to the doctor and the doctor said, okay, you have this and uh, we have a 60% success rate with treating it. That's information. And so you go out and tell your friends, hey, I have this condition and my doctor has a 60% success rate treating it. Wahoo. No, that's not helpful information. It is information, but it's not helpful. Helpful is what side of that 60% line are you? And that's what the mind scan does differently because it's an assessment of the individual's thinking patterns. And it's a fingerprint. It is as unique as they are. Because of that, it tells us exactly what they need to do tomorrow to have that breakthrough to the next level of growth in their business. So you said a phrase a second ago that probably everyone recognized, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. That's Nobel nominated. Tell me a little bit about what that means for the mind scan. The Nobel nominated process, as you can imagine, is lengthy. Um, you don't make it that far without having a lot of credentials behind you. It is Nobel nominated uh, in the sense that it's the only assessment out there that measures these kinds of things that made it that far in the process. Um, it was not Nobel awarded though. Um, so if 
the validation of three people in Norway is important to you, um, then this wouldn't be a good fit. <laughs> Fair enough. So it seems like if you're doing a brain scan, then that sounds like a little bit more involved of a process than taking your average test. Is that accurate? Um, that's why we call it the mind scan, uh, because it's measuring thinking patterns, uh, not neural impulses. So does that mean you're able to take a test like you would for a number of other types of assessments? Yes, yes, yes. Um, this is, this is done online. Back in the day, it was done with a slide rule. It took like an hour to print up one of these breakthrough maps for somebody. Uh, but now it's done online. And the difference is when you take the other assessments, um, you are filling out questionnaires. Um, and because you're filling out a questionnaire, it, it has your subconscious going to work gaming the system. Uh, part of your subconscious is trying to predict why they're asking you that question. And then it's trying to answer based on how it wants to be perceived as opposed to how it actually is. And the problem with that questionnaire-based uh, feedback is you end up with a situation where your doctor is now treating you with the results of a different person's test because your subconscious is, is trying to guess and predict why are they asking me this or how do I want to be perceived? Um, this particular process for creating that person's breakthrough map isn't questionnaire based. Um, you have no idea <laughs> what's happening. And that's like one of the number... There's, there's two things that happen every time somebody goes through their breakthrough map. Number one is they say, I'm not sure if I did this right because it is such a different experience from anything you've seen. Hmm. Number two is, holy moly, how did you get all that information? How did you know? That is exactly me. How did you know what I've been struggling with? Um, they're very surprised at how accurate it is. So I imagine that a number of people's interest is piqued by this. Is this something that you're able to provide people who are listening to the show? Is this something you can provide or do people have to seek this out somewhere else? Here's, here's what I could offer your listeners. The, uh, the MindScan is a $500 assessment. I have a hidden link um, that allows me to share it with a handful of individuals. And if your listeners would be interested in having their own breakthrough map, I'd be happy to give them a link to an application on my site where they can tell me a little bit about their situation, um, tell me a little bit about what they would like to see differently in their life. And if it seems like that area, the, the mind scan would be a good fit for helping them solve those problems, then I'll be happy to give them access at no cost. Just fill out a short application. If it looks like it's a good fit, I'll give you access to the mind scan at no cost. And uh, what happens then is you'll take the mind scan. It takes about 20 minutes of your time to uh, get the map built out, and then we'll hop on a, a screen share. I usually use Zoom for a screen share, and we'll pull up your map, and we'll go through your map together, and uh, I'll make sure that you get all the insights that are available for your business in that call. Jared, I appreciate that. Where can people go to find that link? Just hop over to mindsetcall.co, mindsetcall.co. And fill out that application, and I'll be happy to give you access to the MindScan. Great. I appreciate that. Now, let's go to your story. In your bio, we've read a little bit about how you transitioned from making 
$50,000 a year working as a freelance musician to making $100,000 a year working half as much. And you said that you made three key changes to your life. What were those three things? Yes, sir. So talk about the three things. Um, I, I really care about these changes because they apply to almost any business. And then um, maybe we can look at what led to me doing the work I do today, specifically helping other businesses to get those breakthroughs. So I was a, a freelance musician, a full-time freelance. And um, if you know anything about freelance musicians, the starving artist probably comes to mind. And I, I just, I was frustrated. I got tired of hustling and stringing together a whole bunch of poor paying gigs and a bunch of, you know, lessons. And it just felt like craziness all day, every day. And just felt like I was scraping by. Uh, well, I say that, I mean, 50,000 years, a, a relatively decent living. Um, but I was frustrated. I was like, man, this isn't working. So in the past, what I did straight up is I quit music and I went to go do something else. And then I would come back to music because that something else wasn't nearly as fulfilling. And then I'd quit again and come back. I was like, you know, this is crap. Maybe music isn't the problem. Maybe it's me. Because if you look around, there are musicians that are doing amazingly well. So maybe it wasn't music. So I changed the way I was thinking about solving those problems. And uh, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. A breakthrough in your business will first happen as a breakthrough in your thinking. Hmm. When it came to sharing my knowledge in music, this is the first change that I made, I took my time out of the equation. Whatever business you're in, you have knowledge about that that other people can benefit from. How can you take your time out of the equation to share that with them? Now, the old way that I was doing that was teaching private lessons one-on-one. -on -one. If I wanted to make more money, I had to spend more time teaching lessons. If I wanted to help more kids, I had to spend more time teaching lessons. So I took my time out of that equation. Um, if you are a car mechanic, what do you know about managing a car mechanic shop that other mechanic shops can learn from? And how can you help them with that without you spending time one-on-one -on, -one on the phone doing so? So in my case with lessons, um, there's several ways to do that. You can teach group lessons. Uh, you can um, do the doctor office model, which is the one that I ended up choosing. Uh, you can write educational materials and distribute them to other teachers. You can do video lessons. You can do video group lessons. You can do conferences and, and summits and things like that. So I did the doctor office model. Uh, when you go to the doctor, the doctor doesn't uh, check you in, reschedule you, schedule you, ask, answer questions about how to take the medicine, uh, take your vitals, uh, get your initial assessment. He doesn't do any of that. Um, they have like 10 different people that handle those special roles. The doctor rolls in for a few minutes, hears your story, gives you the answer, and then leaves, goes to the next patient. Um, because the doctor is really only needed for the thing their expertise is required for. As the musician, I was only needed for one thing. My students didn't need me to uh, be in the room while they were unpacking their instrument and getting it tuned up. I didn't have to be in the room while they were warming up. And actually, as I learned later on, it was an impediment to be in the room while they were practicing and, and learning a new skill because half their brain is going, well, am I doing it right? Or what does he think? Or whatever. So I would, I would go in the room. I'd, I'd, I'd go through it with them. I'd show them how to do the exercise. I would leave. I'd say, all right, I'm going to be back in 10 minutes, and we're going to go through the exercise to be sure that you 
are practicing it right. What ended up happening is uh, parents were happier than ever. Students were happier than ever. And that single move uh, going down the hallway from room to room to room allowed me to double my teaching income without working more hours and without charging more. That's the first change. How can you get your knowledge to more people and take your time out of the equation? You can do YouTube videos. You can do um, downloadable PDF and flowcharts and cheat sheets. Uh, you can do, teach group classes. You can speak at conferences. Uh, lots of ways to do that. But number one, take your knowledge and let other people benefit from it. Number two, here's the second change that I made, is my students would come to me and they would say, um, hey, we have some extra money burning a hole in our pocket. Where should we take it? And I would say, oh, gosh, don't give me your extra money. Why don't you go down the street to the music store and give the extra money to them? Okay, <laughs> I didn't actually say that. What they would say was, we don't know what type of metronome we should get. We don't know what type of strings we should get. We don't know what type of instrument we should get. Can you help us? Hmm. And what I was doing is sending them to somebody else to solve that problem. So go to my state, spend 15 minutes filling out a retail license, call up some music distributors. Hey, I've got a small shop. Can I carry your stuff? Students would come to me. What do we get? I would say, come back next week and I'll have one for you. I didn't have to spend any money on warehousing or storing supplies. I didn't have to spend any extra time because all of this was happening during their lessons anyways. So number one is let other people benefit from your knowledge in a way that doesn't involve more time on your part. Number two is equip your students with what they need to succeed. If you're a car mechanic and there's a special kind of machine that saves 15% labor on a particular process, how can you get your students access to that machine? You don't even have to buy it or warehouse it. You can sell it with an Amazon affiliate link or something. I don't know. So that's what I did. Number two was retail pipeline. That was free money. The first year that I did that, that was an extra $25,000 that was just lying around that was going to go to somebody else. Number three, I stopped playing gigs as a musician and I started booking gigs. Remember, if you're doing the work, you're falling behind. Um, if you are, uh, I guess back to the car mechanic analogy, if you're working on a car and fixing that car, there's like 27 other things that aren't happening during that block of time. You're not ordering parts for the next car. You're not helping the new customer. You're not marketing for new customers. You're not training anybody, right? Whatever you're doing, you're falling behind. So I stopped playing gigs and I started booking gigs. Now there's no limit on the number of gigs I can book, but there was a hard limit on the number of gigs I could play. Now I'm able to provide opportunities for my students as they're coming up, to provide opportunities for other musicians in the community. I'm serving people at a higher level, reaching more people, making it a bigger difference. Those three changes take my time out of sharing my knowledge, allow people to give me extra money, and provide opportunities for other people. Those three things took me from 50000 to to 100000 a year and they cut my work hours from 40 hours a week down to 20 hours a week. I love that. And what I'm wondering right now is what was it that brought those three things to your attention? Are they things that developed organically? Did you learn them from someone? Because that is a significant mindset shift. What was it that caused that in your life? Well, frustration and pain. Like I was tired of working too much for not enough money. Yeah. Um, second, realizing that it wasn't the industry that was to blame. It was how I was showing up inside the industry. 
And third, it was just, you know, how else can this problem be solved? So I did that for many years, full-time musician. It was absolutely wonderful and rewarding. Uh, but part of me needs to continue to evolve and grow. So that led to speaking, speaking at conferences, speaking at um, events, teaching workshops, and then that led to coaching and training. Um, and now I'm in a position, and it's wonderful, where I'm able to take business owners through mindset push-ups that rewire the way their brain solves problems so they can spot those opportunities in their own business and see where they can double their income by working half as many hours regardless of the industry that they're in. Of course, it starts with the mind scan, but now it's just how can I reach more people and make a bigger difference? And it led to the work I'm doing now. Now, it sounds like you've added more things to your plate as you have developed, as you have gone into new areas. Have you been able to maintain that lesser work schedule and maintain some freedom in your time? Or as you've added new responsibilities, has your time begun to fill up again? Many different things at once. And I'm glad that you asked that question. Uh, one thing that happens is every now and then I will realize that I'm working more than I should. So you just go back to, if you're doing the work, you're falling behind. And that's just a challenge to me that I have taken on a task instead of building systems and people to do that task. So just simply, you know, fire up the social network. Hey, I'm looking for another assistant in my work. Who do you know that's interested in a couple extra hours a week? So I get that task off my plate by building systems and people to do it. Do I have weeks where I work a lot of hours? Yes. Thankfully, though, now I'm working a lot of hours in my sweet spot. The thing that I do the best, the thing that I enjoy the most, the thing that makes the biggest difference as opposed to working a lot of hours in small administrative tasks that are unfulfilling and don't really move the ball forward, even though they have to be done. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that is the biggest shift that we can get. Get you spending more of your time in your sweet spot, the thing that pays the most, the thing that you enjoy the most, get the other tasks delegated and outsourced. Um, and that system is better for everyone involved. Now, organically, you've kind of shared the story about how you've come to what you're doing today, but it sounds like you're not entirely working with musicians anymore. Is that accurate? That, that is accurate. And, and I'm not a full-time musician anymore. Um, I, I stopped being a full-time musician probably 10 years ago. So what, what is the role that music continues to play in your life? Uh, so I stopped full-time 10 years ago for the next five years, I still played in the symphony. Um, I've been with my local symphony for 20 years. I was principal viola for 10 of those years. Um, and then at the end of last year, I stepped down from principal viola to just focus full-time on the clients that I'm serving, helping them to reach more people and make a bigger difference. Um, I still, uh, maybe, play a few symphony concerts a year, maybe play a few weddings a year, uh, just to, just to play. It's fun. It's, it's refreshing. Um, but, but no, it, it's, it's has stopped being my career a long time ago. You mentioned earlier that, uh, breakthroughs are important in people's lives. And if there's going to be a breakthrough in your business, it's going to have to happen in your thinking first. What is the best way to have breakthroughs in your thinking so that they can develop in other parts of your life? Well, golly, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but the mind scan 
is the easiest, quickest way to level up your thinking and most accurate. Outside of taking the mind scan, there are four general things you can do to start thinking at a higher level. Um, One of them is have a champion in your life. A champion is somebody who has done it themselves. If you have a champion in your life, don't ask them how they did it. Don't ask them how they think you should do it. That's what coaches are for. If you have a champion in your life, what you want to do is just go to their office and sit on the floor and listen to them talk, take phone calls, have meetings, and listen to how they talk. Listen to how they think. Listen to their attitude. Listen to what's driving that choice of words, their way of being, if you will. And from that, you'll get the insights that you need. The second one is a coach. A coach is the one who understands the mechanics. Do this, get that result. They know how to break it down. The third one is a community, a community of people. Now, this is the mistake a lot of people make. They get involved in a community of people who are interested in that topic, not a community of people who are actually doing that topic. Be sure that your community is people who are already getting those results. Obviously, you're going to have to step up your game to stay a part of that community. Um, The last one is a crucible moment. Um, A crucible moment is a testing that you think is going to kill you. If you say, let's say that you are a runner um, and you've run a marathon, well, sign up for an ultra marathon. Sign up for a 100-mile race. Yeah, at some point, you're going to think it's going to kill you. Your brain will totally convince you, but it's not. And you'll finish and you'll realize, oh my gosh, what other stories have I been telling myself? Sign up for a you think it's going to kill you experience. And you'll realize all the stories you tell yourself. So a champion, a coach, a community, and a crucible moment. Those are four things that are important to help to elevate your thinking and to bring about change in not only your thinking, but also your life and business and whatever else you're doing. Jared, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave people with? If you're frustrated, um, you keep hitting the same obstacles. Don't have enough time. Don't have enough money. It feels like life is taking more work than it should. Acknowledge that you're already doing everything you know to do, like you're not slacking. Number two, everything that you're doing to solve that problem seems like a good idea. Like, well, duh, or you wouldn't be doing it. What that means is that a breakthrough in your situation will at first sound like a bad idea because if it made sense, you'd already be doing it. A breakthrough, the thing that will truly transform your situation will first happen in your thinking. Let's get you your breakthrough map, mindsetcall.co. Jared, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jared, and I encourage you to go to mindsetcall.co. Right after my interview with Jared, I reached out to him. I got access to the mind scan. I went through it, had my conversation with him, and it was really insightful. And I encourage you, if you think it could be beneficial to you, go ahead and do the same. You have nothing to lose, and it could be a really beneficial tool for you. Now, I want to go ahead and discuss a few of the takeaways from this episode that I found really valuable. 
The first thing is to get people in your life who can help you do the things that you're not the best at so that you can focus on the things that you do the best. The second thing is that for a breakthrough in your thinking, there are four things that you need in your life. First of all, a champion to learn from and model your life after. Second, a coach to guide you. Third, a community to challenge you. And fourth, a crucible moment that will make you stronger and more resilient. And finally, the third takeaway from this interview with Jared is that if a breakthrough made sense, you'd already be doing it. You often have to change your thinking before you can make big moves forward in your life. Now, I encourage you to check out Jared's offer at MindsetCall.co, and I hope you'll join us back here on Friday when we interview a best-selling author on his book called Inverted Leadership, Leading Others by Forgetting About Yourself. Until then, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.